Hello and welcome to Spine Chillers and Serial Killers. I'm Tash. I'm Becky. And I'm Emma. Hi. Hi, girls. Hi. Hello. How's everyone doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm a bit sick, but I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Just didn't get a lot of sleep because of uh, sick children this, this week. Something I remind myself daily is sleep is for the week. <laughs> Who needs it? Who needs it? Who needs sleep? I need it. And <laughs> I. Are your kids better, Becky? Yeah, they are now. Just, uh, uh, I think by the end of the week, though, you, you forget how important sleep is and how you get used to it and and that because I really did feel like I was going to go mental by the end of the week. Oh, yeah, I no, it's work not bad. I just wanted to at work at... I was the minute anyone said something slightly rude, I was like, "What?" You know, in my head, obviously, I was totally professional, and uh, the customer is always um, wrong. Not always, <laughs> always first. Not always right, but they're always first. You know, you have to kind of put everything aside and just think, all right? Well, they, the quicker I sort out their problem, the quicker they'll leave. But yeah, no, it was all okay. But yes. Yeah, I don't get how people can't sleep. Lack of sleep is brutal. It really is fucking brutal. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's a form of torture in, you know, in some countries, wasn't that? Oh, well, it is. It is, yeah. Sleep yeah. deprivation was, uh, yeah, torture. I mean, I can function fully now on five hours sleep. Wow. I can I can do about, yeah, five or six, yeah. As long five as I get hours. five hours sleep, I'm, like, I'm good to go. Yeah, I think I'm probably probably get about six or seven. Yeah. Five, well, I don't know if I could cope on that. I can't be doing with five all the time. Six oh, is I'd, fine. Yeah, I'd probably average on like five and a half, six hours sleep a night. Well, yeah, I think I average about six. Six, seven if I'm lucky. Depressing, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Maybe that's why but we're a it, bit mental, because we just... Yeah, maybe. Maybe if we all just had like <laughs> proper amounts of sleep, we'd be like dead boring. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like, though, sometimes I do have the opportunity to sleep later in the morning, like when the kids go to their dads and, like, it maybe if I'm not working till later in the day. But if I get up any later than, like, half seven, I feel like I'm wasting the day. Oh, Ben's like that. Like, why am I... <laughs> Sorry, why, why am I such an adult about things? <laughs> like, when did that happen? I, yeah. That's what grandmas do, wake up at 6am and be like, oh, the day's gonna be finished you know? <laughs> i know but that is literally me now get Aww. up do my housework like i think it's because i function best in the morning you're a morning person yeah yeah never used to be but now i am i'm like love a morning cool so next week if we could record the podcast at seven o'clock that would be great <laughs> no no <laughs> i'm not a morning person so who's going to start this week because last week so last week we recorded an episode and we've had a bit of catastrophe with it um so we're not sure we're going to be able to publish it because the audio quality is really really bad um so we're trying to get that fixed is a possibility that we don't get it fixed so what do we do do you do you want to start again bex just in case is this going to be like 8.2 yeah yeah i don't mind starting again and then uh 
if it gets released, it gets released, and we can always release it a bit. Later oh, then my OCD so. will go mad because it'll be like, but she did it twice. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to put it as a bonus episode midweek or something. <laughs> yeah, we could do that, couldn't we? We could have this as the bonus episode if we can release the first one. Uh, like number eight, then we can release this one as like a, a bonus. Can't we? Well, eight point two. Yeah. It's just it'll just be yeah. eight point two. Yeah. Fantabby Dota. The episode was pretty funny. <laughs> I thought it was funny anyway. It was a good one. We are going yeah. to do everything yeah. to try and save it. Yes. We we'll see. We'll see. You, you've got Fingers to bear. Crossed. You've got to bear in mind that none of us know how to edit. Really, we're just winging it. Mm. And we're only just starting off, so we haven't got any of the top-notch equipment or anything like that. So just bear with us. We're doing our best. Yeah. We are if, ever, if ever this does go well, I totally, we totally need um, like a little manager person that does that. Yeah, so anyone wants to be part of a team as an editor, <laughs> you know, yeah. please do raise your hands now. Yeah. <laughs> we can. We, what can we pay them in? We can pay them in the fact that you... <laughs> get- the fact that they get to listen to it first. Exactly. That's the payment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So over to you then, Bex, yeah? Yeah. If I'm going to go first, I'm going to lean forward so I can see my screen. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that we were recording tonight, so I only did, like, three lines of notes and then was like, uh, this was um, during the week last week, and uh, yeah, and then I forgot that it was Sunday already. <laughs> I think it was possibly down. I'm going to blame it on lack of sleep also. Um, so I really hope these notes go well and they're not too all over the place because I kind of had to rush and finish it before uh, this afternoon. Okay, so you have got more than three lines. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I just hope it kind of reads well as I go through it, that it's not too all over the place. So. Um, I don't remember this one at all, really. It's normally I do stories that I remember or that I just stuck with me for some reason, whereas this one I just wanted to do something different, so I had to look through a few different stories, typed a few things on the internet and managed to... I think the first one that I found on this one was a YouTube video, and um, which is quite fitting because this guy... This is about a man called... A young lad called Randy Stair. Yes, he is. Randy. Yeah. Randy Stair. Randy Stair. <laughs> as in like Randy Stairs. No, 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 like like Randy as in Randall. And then Stair Sorry, as in like is that, Stairs. Is yeah. Randy like a shortened name of Randolph? I, re- I really don't know. Randall, not Randolph. Oh, I said Randolph. <laughs> Who's Randolph? <laughs> Is that Rudolph's cousin? <laughs> yeah, but he don't, we don't talk about Rudolph's cousin. He's not. He's a wrong un. <laughs> He's a wrong un, yeah. Hence why it's called Randy. <laughs> yeah, well, I was reading it as Randy throughout the whole thing. <laughs> um, so is he called Randy Stare as in to look at somebody with horny eyes? <laughs> You're giving them your randy stare. No. <laughs> it's spelled like... St- it's spelled like stairs without the S. Oh, yeah. okay. Like, Randy goes up the stairs. 
Yeah, but just one step, Grandin goes up the stair. (laughs) We need to just start calling everyone John Smith because (laughs) the names are just too much. (laughs) No, Randy Stair, come on. Becky Becky knew very well what was going to (laughs) happen. Randy Stair. Come on. So I got Ben with my Randy Stair. Everything starts with a randy stare. It all, that's where it began. It mm-hmm. started with a randy stare. <laughs> <sighs> right, we'll behave, we'll behave, we're behaving. Randy stare. He had a YouTube name, but it looks like I've forgotten to write that down. But it was called Randy something else. Anyway, he was a... Um, I would say loosely could say a YouTube star, but it wasn't really a star. He did have a fan base. So he um, first became interested in YouTube in 2008 and started a channel called Pioneer Productions. At first, his uh, content that he published was pretty normal. He created like the Let's Play filming where he films himself playing games and comments comments on it. Okay. And then, but he... (laughs) It's really weird. He also like acted out skits with a toy whale and frog that he had. A- acted out what? <laughs> like, like it, it was an American thing that I, I noted that often. It was like he acted out skits with a whale and toy frog. <laughs> Is it like when you, you you let the kids go on YouTube because you know they're doing housework? Or yeah, they do a little show. And it's yeah. some weird 40-year-old man playing with Barbies. Like, is it like one of those? Yeah, I think he is. Um, in 2008, I think he was, how old was he? About about 15 or 16, you know. He was he was quite young when he first okay. started out. Um, so this is like a teen. Have you heard of the cartoon called Danny Phantom? No. No. It's on, I think it's on Nickelodeon or Cartoon Network. Oh, is Network, it a weird one? Nickelodeon have got the no, weirdest cartoons. it's a bit like Ben 10, that kind of... Oh, okay. Have you heard of Ben 10? Well, yeah. Danny Phantom basically is um, a lad that is almost like a ghost-human hybrid. He he kind of got ghost powers when he got stuck in between the two realms, between the normal world and ghost world. Anyway, I, I think I've only watched one or two episodes when my brother was watching it. And even okay. so, uh, I really don't remember. I just remember when I saw a picture of the of the cartoon. I remembered. Uh, I recognised it. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyway, he had a crush on one of the characters from there, uh, who was a ghost girl called Ember McLean. Okay, she, she was like pretty cool looking, green hair, black eyeliner. Right. Totally someone that I had probably thought was pretty awesome when I was a teenager, but this is a kid's program. So Randy... <laughs> Randy has a crush on a cartoon character from a kid's program. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And Emma, don't say it's weird, because I swear you've told me that you've had a crush on someone. I don't think on it's the... weird. I think everyone has a crush on a cartoon character. I had right? a crush on Robin Hood uh, out of the Disney film. <laughs> Right, what, the fox yeah, the fox. He's fit. Sorry, I'm, there's no shame. He is fit. No, exactly. But like, we're not shaming people. Hang on, I was probably like eight, not sixteen. Yeah, but you still remember that you had a crossman, and you just described a cartoon fox as fit. Okay. 
I'm sh- in a defensive way. So, let Randy have his crush on a cartoon. Okay, I- I'm shutting up. I'm shutting up. <laughs> you do you, Randy. You do you. Oh, I had a crush on a cartoon, a Dragon Ball Z character. Oh, I remember oh. you saying that. Yeah. Yeah. You'll have to say and which what, one. What, it was Fujita or something like that, he's called, which is my husband's favourite character off that cartoon. Oh, well, so we were meant to, <laughs> meant, to yeah. meant to be. Meant to be. Meant to be. So he was obsessed with this cartoon called Danny Phantom. Yeah. I had a crush on a I had a crush on one of the characters off there. He said that he felt an instant connection the minute that he saw her. Aww. That like he felt like his life, the de- direction of his life changed. Look, I'm not. I, I'm sorry to keep going on <laughs> about this. <laughs> right, that's weird. It is weird. <laughs> Now, it gets weirder. You can't compare <laughs> my little girl crush on a Disney character to somebody saying his his life took a different direction <laughs> after watching. The heart wants what the heart wants. Is okay. is he Bex, is he gonna be the bad guy? Because if he's a good guy, I'm gonna feel bad. But I've got a, oh I've just got a feeling he's the bad guy. No, I tend to start off with the bad guys. Yeah, he is a bad guy. He's a weirdo. Yeah, he's a bad guy. Do you mean that you didn't, after your crush on Robin Hood, you didn't start stealing for the rich and giving to the poor? No. No, I didn't. You didn't? I didn't. She definitely didn't because she gave me nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear me. So he created his own cartoon spin-off show. With the whale and the frog. um, No, no, no. Um... He actually created an animated series. Um, All right. Props. He's quite tech savvy. Maybe he could be our editor. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'm afraid it's not possible to actually. <laughs> oh, dear. Damn. <laughs> he was, um, yeah, so he was just so so obsessed with them. He really threw himself into it thinking that everyone was going to think this animated series was awesome. They all had the same kind of style. Uh, they all look as if they belong in the Danny Phantom universe. Universe, yeah, the same kind of drawing technique. I, don't, I can't think of you know how the characters look. Yeah, yeah, same style. Yeah. Um, he was so obsessed with the characters that he created that he even had stickers made of them and he put them all over his car. All over his car. <laughs> all over his car. Okay. And all over his room, he had posters of them all over his. All over his room. I mean, so far... You know how... Okay, yeah. he's a fan. And that, that happens. Yeah. Grown-ups like cartoons. <laughs> he just looks like any... This Randy Stair, he looks like any guy in 2008. You know, with slightly too long hair with a beanie hat. Do you remember? Yeah, like, yeah. Everyone yeah. used to look like that. A bit emo. Like a little bit greasy. A little bit emo-y. Then still that kind of era. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So when he was young, he was kind of always obsessed with death. He even when he was playing, he used to play with his toys as a kid. Um, the toys would always be involved in like a play, plane crash or other way of violently dying. Um, just a little bit more than you know, like when 
oh, boys usually where the kids like play with sword fights and like oh you're dead like it's not just that it was violent plane crashes it wasn't just with his friends and then when he was in secondary school when he had assignments to do you know when you had to wear like when you had to wear when you had to write um stories and stuff for english and and hand them in when he had to make a character often he'd kill off the main character or at least have one sort of someone die in his stories yeah he was just he said killing yeah people. he um he said about three or four assignments he killed people in his assignments and no one ever said anything and he'd find that weird that no one ever said that that was weird yeah he had a lot of trouble with growing up he didn't like the fact that he had to grow up and did not know what he wanted to do with his life he really was obsessed with this cartoon and I think a lot of it he just didn't want to grow up because it was getting weirder and weirder that he liked it you know according to his friends yeah which he didn't have many of he was pretty lonely um then as he got old enough to get a job he got a job in a supermarket which he absolutely hated I mean I mean that's that's just life mate you know yeah (laughs) but he (laughs) was a huge problem (laughs) absolutely uh he didn't like the fact that he was growing up and then his brother's friend tom died in a car crash and it really really affected him and then he couldn't stop thinking about death and then one of his own friends matt also died in a car accident randy himself had a car accident and he just became more and more obsessed and infatuated with with death he used to imagine setting himself on fire. Oh my god! What it'd be like to die. So was he like king suicidal or just obsessed with? <sighs> I don't dying. think he was. I don't think he was. Ob- no, I don't think he was as obsessed with death and dying and gruesome stuff. So weird. Mm. Oh, then again, I'm obsessed. With I'm going to say, stuff and say the girls that stuff, are doing but... a podcast about <laughs> ghosts and serial killers. <laughs> so judgy. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> Then his fear of death, he also scared, he was scared of death as well, as well as being obsessed with it. Comes back to the whole thing of generally people get obsessed with stuff because they're, you know, a bit afraid of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like us. Indeed. His fear and obsession with death turned into a real disgust for old people. He used to rant on YouTube about 60-year-olds being disgusting and how can you live like that, doing your job every day and I then mean, coming home and doing the exact same old. thing. I <laughs> know, oh, exactly. He, he didn't see himself living over 30 years old. <laughs> so that's hell. all so of us out. in a grave as well. Yeah. Cheers, Randy. He just didn't see the point of living over 30. Oh, what a boy. I really like old people. <laughs> Old people are the best. Have a passion for old people. Like old yeah. people make me in general, they make me so happy. I love it when I have old people to serve at work because I just think you're all so lovely. Old people rock. Yeah, yeah. And sixty is not old. Just putting that out no, there. No, definitely. As I can not. see, forty approaching very, very quickly. I'm just putting it out there. Sixty is not old. No, well, he was talking about sixty-year-olds as if they were a hundred, but even so. Yeah, he was like, ugh. 
there's hours and hours and hours, I don't know if they're still available, but are videos of him ranting about this on YouTube. And then also he had a journal that he'd write a lot of his darker thoughts in. But even the, the YouTube videos were pretty dark anyway, so I can imagine that the journal was just very, very disturbing. Oh, Randy, what's he going to do? He's going to do yeah. some uh... Yeah, as he was growing up into more of his 20s, he thought of himself that he was a ghost girl like one of his characters and that the only way that he could become a ghost girl is if he died and then he'd go back to his true form. Oh. Yeah. I think Randy has mental health issues. I think he might do. I think so. Mm. He began realising that he had problems with his gender identity. He'd wear his mum's clothes and then to look as what he said was more feminine, he would skip meals and be as thin as possible and shave off all of his body hair. Oh, bless him. Well, he's more feminine than me then. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> He would rant about this on his YouTube videos and then again he'd say he's surprised his parents didn't notice. What was he ranting about? He was saying that he wore his mum's clothes and, you know, he shaved all of his hair off and skipped meals and stuff. So he physically changed, you know, he well, shaved all, well, not all of his hair, not his head hair. Yeah. But he shaved his legs and everything. But then again, I suppose... You, you don't. When do you stare at someone's leg? I don't know. And um, well, it depends how uncovered he was as well. Yeah, like I don't. Mm. I haven't shaved my legs in ages, but no one would know because they're literally in jeans or trousers the whole time. Yeah, I just think. I mean, if he had problem with his gender identity, that is something that some people go through, and you know, I think. He, I think he had other, he had loads of other problems. I, I just think he had problems that that he needed to deal with. Yeah, and and I think also if he was having trouble with his identity, that wasn't helping the fact that he already had all these other issues, and this was making it harder for him as well. Which yeah. is yeah, even definitely. for pe- for people that are confident, you know, have no other problems apart from you know figuring themselves out it's still a big a big thing that you need to figure out. You don't know, you know, just trying to figure out who you are when you grow up. And I just think he needed, I think if he'd got help, he might, you know, I can't, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but... He needed a, help. There was a lot of, there was a lot of red flags with other things. Yeah. Um, he needed help and maybe he wasn't getting it. Yeah. Anyway, so Danny Phantom wasn't his only obsession. He was also obsessed with the Columbine High School Massacre. Oh, here we go. I knew it was going to be something like this. And he'd spend hours on forums, uh, internet forums, uh, discussing it, looking at pictures, looking at the deceased uh, uh, pictures of people that had died there. Jesus Christ. That's weird. Yeah. He was on YouTube again and then he had another rant about how the only thing that mattered to him was his fan base and YouTube but he didn't have a, a big enough fan base, base to to have make it his full-time job and that he wanted to set the supermarket where he worked on fire 
Um, oh my god. His behaviour started to become more and more bizarre. He announced to his fans that he wouldn't be around much longer. Again, that he didn't want to grow old. Uh, he started wearing his natural selection t-shirt, which is a white t-shirt, and it just says natural selection on. And that is what one of the high school massacre shooters was wearing when when the massacre happened. Okay, there were so many red flags, so many red yeah, flags. and he, he said that he bought three of these t-shirts so he could wear it all the time right. and just wash them. That's and weird. his parents didn't 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 get the reference at all. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I suppose a lot of people wouldn't get it, but I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't think you'd get it unless you knew, would you? No. Um, I find it weird. Natural selection is a bit of a weird thing to have on a T-shirt. Yeah, really weird. I probably would have asked him about it. It looks like his parents didn't even ask him what it was. His parents don't seem to be very um, observant, though, do they? No. No, um, I couldn't even find their names or anything when I was having a look um, for things. So, you know these characters that he created? Cartoon characters? Yeah. Well, what he'd done is he set up a few Twitter accounts. He had his own Twitter account and he had a couple of his characters' Twitter accounts. All done by him. It's him on all of them. Yeah. Yeah. And, um... So he had these Twitter accounts posing as these ghost girls characters and they'd have entire conversations with each other, but it was all just him. Ooh. If you understand what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd like yeah, log yeah, into yeah. all the different profiles and have little conversations and like oh, tease each other. I and... didn't understand that. Okay, so he's basically got several profiles and he's talking backwards and forwards as if it's a different person each time. Yeah. But it's always him, yeah? Yeah. That's mad. That's a bit weird. I mean, that's commitment as well. Yeah. Logging in, logging out. Yeah. That's a lot of effort. Uh, He said then that he wanted to now leave his human body and he announced to his fans again that something is coming. Okay. Over the next few weeks, he got weirder and weirder and so many warning signs were on his channel. He kept, he said, 39 days before... The event that's about to happen, he said that he'd bought a second shotgun. He bought two Mossberg 500 shotguns. Why is nobody calling the police? I don't know. So he's 24 years old at this time, so it's not like he's underage buying the guns. And then he uh, made a plan about what he wanted to do. And uh, he, the plan that he made was he wanted to go and shoot up a school and make a name for himself. He fantasised that he'd have, like, these groupie girls that'd fancy him, you know. Like, when there's a big serial killer, there's always those weirdos that uh, fall in love with them. And he said that he'd really wish that he'd have girls like that that'd fall in love with him. Yeah. He made this plan, and then he did a coin toss with a, a coin, um best out of three if it was heads he'd shoot up a school and if it was tails he'd shoot up his supermarket workplace where he works so it was i think it was tails heads and then the decider was tails again so he it was supermarket so just like that it was the supermarket that he was targeting 
What a so, <laughs> The day that he decided that he was going to do it was June 7th of 2017. A few hours before going to work, he posted a video with his shotgun wearing black eyeliner saying things like it's time for him to leave this putrid planet and he'd had enough. And this was posted before he even went to work. So anyone that saw this... Could have rung the fucking police. He could have rung the police. Yeah, he was waving his gun around, looking completely like he'd had a completely mental break. Anyway, so no one did stop him because this is what happened next. He arrived for his late shift at Weiss Markets in Eaton, Eaton Township, Pennsylvania. So it was, it was the night shift, so they just restock shelves and get everything ready for the next day. So that's what he was doing. He was there with uh, four of his, um, of his colleagues, and they were just busy doing the shelves, trying to get everything done, ready to go home. And because they were so busy, they didn't realise that Randy had gone round and blocked all of the doors leaving the supermarket. What's He blocked them with pallets and everything so they couldn't escape. Oh my god, this is giving me anxiety. He'd gone yeah. in like. Yeah, he turned his camera on and had a walk around the store. He'd done this the day before as well and like scoped the place out, looked at where all the doors were so he wouldn't forget anywhere. Uh, yeah. So he filmed the entire thing and kept updating his Twitter, updating, posting videos and everything. And yet nobody's ringing the police. This is yep, this no one's li- always no trying to be police. mad. Yeah. You know, like when you're watching know. a movie and you know that something awful's going to happen and you're like, I just yeah. wish it won't happen. Please don't let it happen. And then you watch the same movie again and you're still like, please don't let it happen. Please don't let it happen. And you know it's going to happen. This is That's yeah. how I feel now. It's giving me anxiety. It's so not it? It's giving me really bad anxiety. Yeah. Should we just stop? Right. Like, should we just stop? <laughs> should we have a cup of tea? Some biscuits? <laughs> Sorry, we're changing the whole format of the uh, the, uh, the podcast. Yeah, I don't, I don't like it now. So let's do something yeah. else. <laughs> Chillers and now let's have a cup of tea. <laughs> so he um, went to the rear of the store and blocked the remaining ex- exits and then locked the main entrance to the store and then pulled out his shotgun, which was two pump-action shotguns. I'm not a gun person, but I assume it's the one that you see on films where they go like that and then start shooting everyone. Did you make that noise with your yeah. mouth? Yeah. That was really good. Well done. Was it? Yeah, it sounded really good. Oh, thanks. Hidden <laughs> okay. talent. Yeah. Well, if this podcast ever just, just never makes it, at least I know I can well, do sound effects. Yeah, you've got something to fall back on. That's important. Yeah. It's important to have... <laughs> If I ever have to use it in real life, I'll let you know. <laughs> a safety net. I'll do it again. It was really good. <laughs> I'm smiling, so I can't now. You make me embarrassed. I'll, I'll put the pressure on. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I liked it. <laughs> so he pulled the guns that he'd hidden in his duffel bag and started walking around the store. 25-year-old Victoria Brong was listening to music with her headphones in. She went to go get more labels to finish labelling up all the products. And then she turned a corner right into the view of Randy, which was there. 
with his shotgun and he shot her multiple times. Then he did the same to 47-year-old Brian Hayes and 63-year-old Terry Lee Sterling. He then approached another co-worker who also had her headphones in and hadn't heard anything. Oh, God. So, 25-year-old Kirsten Newell, who was also stocking shells. So, he went and stood behind her, and you could see this on the CCTV. He stood behind her, staring at her for about about, uh, five seconds. And then he just proceeded to the next aisle. Oh, uh, so he just stared at her and then kept going. Oh my god! And I found oh I found god. some reports that she said it was it could be conflicting here. So either she didn't see, and he just stared at her and then moved along, or and I I also found another report where they locked eyes and he stared at her for five seconds and then just walked away. So he's what there, the blood on him with a gun in his hand, staring at her, and then walks away. But either are creepy. Super creepy. It's fucking terrifying. He then proceeded to fire a glass and then other like merchandise, merchandise in the store and tried to shoot these little propane tanks to get them to explode, but they didn't explode. And then by this time, Kirsten, bless her, finally heard the um, gunshots going off and took off her headphones. She... Yeah, she ran to the doors and pushed it to try and get out. Couldn't get out because he blocked them all. Um, she she managed to she managed to hide in a crew room and called nine one one. She later managed to push a different door open and escape through the parking area at the back. She saw Randy's car and just gave it a wide berth and ran further away up a hill so i do have some health and safety questions here though surely from a health and safety point of view in a company like that they would be doing fire checks on a regular basis throughout the shift i don't know what do you mean so he's blocked all the exits why has nobody picked that up when doing the fire security checks? They obviously weren't. It was at the it. end of the day, and I think they were just. Well, they obviously weren't. Don't victim blame Natasha. <laughs> <laughs> it's your fault. Didn't didn't check every half an hour that the shooter hasn't come in and blocked all the doors. <laughs> uh, you know. I don't know. Is that a thing? I've never worked in a supermarket. Yeah, well, I mean, I, when I worked in the hotel, you had to do security checks on a regular basis throughout your shift to check that fire exits were, were clear. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's a little bit different because a hotel is full of... Well, so would a supermarket be full of people. Yeah. But, hey, I'm not a security officer and I'm not a fire safety officer, but I do think of these things. Yeah. I think they were just, by the sounds of it, they were just shoving everything on the shelf getting ready to go home they just wanted to go home yeah and i suppose they would have checked all the doors before leaving in but it just didn't get that far bless them after a short time randy concluded his shooting of all the store's contents he went to the deli section of the store and placed the shotgun in his mouth and committed suicide in a very short space of time, he fired 59 rounds. 
God. Bloody hell. Yeah. And all of the rounds fired came from only one of the shotguns that he brought because he only took the second one just in case it got jammed. Oh, wow. So he was, like, loading and reloading and reloading. Yeah. I mean, I I have no idea how many bullets you can get into one of them shotguns, but I only I thought it was two. You know, it should be two by two, so you must have reloaded 20, 25 times. <laughs> but it might be What's more, I don't know. Um, Did he shoot just three people? It, there were four people working there along with him, yeah, so he, he killed three of them. Yeah. Um, and then um, one of them escaped. So where where I don't where did all the shots go then into the people? He's, no, he shot uh, especially the first one. He shot a load of times. God. Um, and I think he went a little bit overkill on everybody. Uh, but oh, he really God. at the end he was just shooting the store, like shooting all of the contents. Yeah, trying to make it explode. God, he wanted to yeah make everything explode. He actually shot people from quite. Not really up close and personal. It was kind of far away for someone that was obsessed with gore and that. I, I don't know. I just, and the fact that he stared at someone for five seconds and didn't even shoot her, if that's what he wanted to do. Well, it. he must have had some kind of remorse because she was the youngest, wasn't she? She was, she, you know, she was 25. Yeah, well, so was the first one. Oh, so Victoria's 25. Oh, I don't know. Maybe you liked so her if, or I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Maybe the um. Apparently, as I don't know, as he was going around, he said, "Sorry, Victoria, I don't want to kill you, but she had to go, or something like that." When he'd shot her, so I don't think he had a problem with anyone. I think he had a bit of a problem with his manager, but you know, managers are a manager; they're supposed to be a pain in the ass. Um, yeah, he didn't deserve to yeah. die. No, exactly not. Uh-huh. And he shot um, himself. He shot himself, yeah, killed himself. He didn't want to become old, so he wanted to go out. He just, this may be the wrong thing to say, but the amount of times in the videos that I was watching that he said, I'm surprised he didn't say anything. Up to this point, not necessarily this bit, but a lot of the things that he used to do, um, talk about death all the time, I think it was just to get attention. It was really weird. Yeah, he wasn't getting the attention he wanted from those, those like, what he was doing and the comments he was making, wasn't Yeah, he? and I think a, a shooting like this was the ultimate trying to get attention. Mm. I know that he wouldn't be there to see it, but he got everything that he wanted. He died young, and uh, he thought that, you know, being uh, being a younger young lad doing a shooting, that he'd have a few fans from it. Jesus mm. Christ. Police raided his bedroom. They they found the scene, found uh, uh, Kristen who uh, escaped, and uh, they raided his bedroom and found quite a few suicide tapes that he'd left for his fans and from his for his parents to explain why and where where he was, you know, in his head before he did this. One of them, in one of them, he was really concerned that. People had just throw his posters away that he had around his room. He said that he'd sign them all and they'll be worth some money and he wanted to send them all to his fans. It was really weird. Oh, oh God. God. He's, he's not on the same planet as everybody else, is he? 
No, in the videos, you could really see that he'd lost touch with reality, really, and he kept referring to that ghost character that he liked as a goddess and that he was just going to become a ghost now. And it just wasn't making sense. It wasn't... He'd had a... He was mentally unwell and I think was looking for attention for it in all the wrong ways. Um, But no one... No one saw the massive, huge red flags that there were there. I mean, it's easy to look back afterwards when something like this happens and see them all. It does but sound like there, there, really were, there was so many. Yeah, it wasn't just one or two, and they were in your face, especially yeah. the last video that he posted hours before he went to... I mean, if someone had, had reported that and police taken it seriously, it might have been stopped before it started. Yeah. It, sounds, it almost sounds to me like he wanted it to be stopped because, you know, he's been he's been putting the feelers out enough saying, I'm going to do something, I'm going to do something, and acting very strangely. And, you know, it almost sounds like he wanted somebody to say, are you all right? Shall we, yeah, I think he did. Shall we yeah. talk about it? Yeah. A lot of it seems like it was a quiet yeah. walk, wasn't it? That type of thing. Yeah. Jesus, that but is yeah, that's one that's, that's the shooting. One of my oh. worst fears. And it's ridiculous, you know, because that stuff doesn't really kind of happen around here, but to be somewhere where somebody just starts shooting. Oh well, that is terrifying, isn't it? Absolutely terrifying. I remember when um well, that, we had that terrorist attack in, uh, well, multiple terrorist attacks in... Oh, my God, that was so scary, wasn't it? In Paris. Was it the Bataclan? Mm. The Bataclan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that just, oh, made me sick to my stomach, man. Those poor people. Um, yeah, it's yeah. awful, isn't it? Terrible. Yeah, sorry to make you feel all bummed out now. Oh, it's all right. <laughs> it's all right. Hey, that's what we're here for. <laughs> Yeah, it's a running theme with mine, especially. Mm, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I, I see what you mean. I'm, well, with recent events, I'm quite scared of being in a crowd and anyone driving. I'm always panicking that someone's going to drive into us or something's going to happen, mm. and that and the crowd's going to panic and we're going to all have to run. Yeah, and I'm going to have to hold on to all the children that I have. You know, and you play these little scenarios out in your head, don't you? And it's just so fucking horrible that we're in the situation where we have to think like that. Yeah. And I also feel like your fear for stuff like that is heightened as a parent. Oh, 100%. Like all these things that... And, like, it doesn't get better, does it? You kind of think when you're, like, you're naive when you're a new parent, you think, oh, once they're a bit older, like, that, the level of worry isn't there but actually just changes and you worry about different things different stuff oh yeah 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 i reckon that i would be coping a lot better with this whole covid situation if i didn't have children but the fact is i'm just constantly worried about what's happening in the world because it's like what have i brought my two beautiful innocent babies into um and it's just your like maternal instinct kicks in and it's like you've got to protect them against everything at all costs oh it's yeah the the level nobody tells you this before you're a parent you know you get all the good stuff you know it's amazing and it's the best thing you'll ever do and all this 
nobody tells you that you have just signed away for years and years and years and years of worry. Of like, stress and worry, yeah. Oh, dear me. Anyway, yeah. thanks, Becky. Yeah. <laughs> no, no worries. Bringing your fears to light even more. <laughs> Joyous yeah. as always. <laughs> I think that even if you don't well yeah i know what you mean with the level of worry when you once you do have kids oh it's terrible but i think if i didn't have them i'd just be mega worried about my grandma oh i'm worried about my grandma's anyway with covid you know being um over 80 bless them now yeah yeah um but yeah i think i've always been a worrier though i've always Same. worried about Same. everyone and yeah, everything and then when i'm not worrying about stuff i'm worried that i'm not worried mm-hmm yeah, I'm forgetting to worry about something. What is it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what my dad used to say. You worry about not worrying. Yeah. Yeah, or you just play all them, like, random, I don't know, scenarios that are never going to happen. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Or I'll think about arguments I've had with people in the past and things that I should have said. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> if I said that, I would have Or won. things I shouldn't have said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's why we get yeah. on so well. We're just like one anxiety cluster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All just rocking in silence. Yeah. Just, <laughs> what the fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're going to laugh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> We're quiet. Yeah, exactly. Um, do you want me to do mine? Yes, please. Yeah. No, mine's not actually amusing in the slightest or... Uh, funny or anything it's quite a downer as well so we're just gonna oh, so <laughs> <very> far. <laughs> don't you like how becky's always starts like we're pissing ourselves laughing at someone's name and then we're just like oh oh well oh then people is, die uh, yeah that was fun i mean <laughs> i like to think we can joke about most things but there's just some things that aren't fucking funny no we do have to like tone it down don't we yeah, well, I didn't do a school shooting like the Sandy Hook one. It's oh, just too no. much. It's too much. It's horrible, isn't it? Can't be doing with it. No. It's too sad. Please find content for that elsewhere. Yeah. Speaking of which, speaking of dead children, shall I do my story oh, now? Oh, no. <laughs> Let's do this. So... I found a really interesting subject and I got quite excited because the more I was researching, the more I was like, this is amazing. And I think you're going to really enjoy it. Um, it's really interesting, but there was so much, uh, information that I'm not going to be able to fit it into just one part. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do half of it this week and then on next week's podcast, I'll do part two. Okay. Great. It's good because next week you'll be first. So it'll just be. Oh, yes. So it'll just carry on. Yeah, so you know I mean? good thinking. Go. See, I knew there was a reason that uh, you went first <laughs> today. Yeah. So it all works out. So I researched the haunted London underground. Oh. Ooh. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you knew, but I certainly didn't know that apparently the underground in London is ridiculously haunted. Like, I mean, didn't know this, but kind of makes sense. It's old yeah. as fuck. Yes, it is. It's really, really old. And it's also... And dark yeah. and creepy. Yeah. Like, there's definitely places to conceal bodies. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's quite long. So, yeah, there was no way I could have done it all in one go. 
So just bear with me, okay? Because yeah. as I said, I'm sick. Uh, I've got a really sore throat, so just bear with me. <laughs> okay, so this might seem like an odd place for finding ghosts and ghouls, but after researching it, the London Underground is actually really, really old, like we just said. And you'd be amazed at how much of it has been built on burial grounds or plague pits. Plague pits? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like where... Most people have got buried when they had the plague. Yes, because so many people died from the plague, they didn't know what to do with the bodies, so they ended up just digging, like, massive mass graves for them. Yeah. Oh, that's horrible. Mm. And that's in the underground? Yeah. Or oh, that's where the underground was built under or over? So the, the, the London underground, some of it, not like all of it, but some of it has been built upon burial grounds or plague pits, which is cheery. So it also has its fair share of tragedy and loss of human life. So this week I'm taking you on a tour of the haunted London Underground. Ooh, London Underground. <laughs> we need to get some like spooky sound effects or something, don't we? I thought I can do them. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we've got Becky on gunshot. We've got <laughs> Tash on uh, spooks. We're set. We're set. We've got this. Screw you, technology. No. We don't yeah. need you. Yeah. <laughs> let's, have, let's let's do a try. I'll be a gunshot, and then you become a ghost. Watch, listen. Boom. Ooh. I'm a ghost now. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> I could tell you were there. Such such talent. <laughs> you girls are wasted on this podcast. We're right? not just pretty faces. I keep telling people this. <laughs> oh, Gordon Bennett. Such an old woman thing to say. Oh, Gordon Bennett. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get my tea. How is Gordon? <laughs> just sipping on my hot, hot honey and lemon. Gordon Bennett. <laughs> well, no, because I was editing the other, uh, the other episodes. I've noticed that I say, fuck... Far too much. So, oh, so yeah, fiddlesticks and go- Gordon. Gordon, it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so London Underground was first built in 1863 and was meant as a means to help deal with the congested streets of London, which were apparently <laughs> <I don't watch. laughs> which were apparently pretty awful. They were busy and dirty, but above anything else, they were smelly. The smell was a mix of horse poo and wee from the many horse-drawn carriages and, of course, a complete lack of a proper sewage system, so people just emptied their bedpans and whatnot in the street. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine that in the morning, though? Like, you all right, Brian? There's my bedpan. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hot curry last night, was it, Jimmy? Yeah. Right, just as hot on the way out. <laughs> <laughs> Delightful. <laughs> and it hits the floor and it goes. Tss. Oh, you can just hear that like <laughs> wet, sloppy, sloppy. So yeah, sloppy splat. So it wasn't a very nice place to walk about in. No. Um, so the world's first underground railway was built. So it's the world's first ever, which I th- I didn't know. Oh, I know. So the Metropolitan Railway. It went between Paddington and Farringdon, serving six inter- intermediate stations. 
Since then, the underground network has grown to 270 stations and 11 lines stretching deep into the capital suburbs and beyond. I mean, that's fucking huge. Yeah, it's massive, the underground, massive. isn't it? I've only been on it once, and it, uh, to be fair, it was terrifying. I was just yeah, following my big brother very closely because I had no fucking idea where we were going. Yeah. Or what I was supposed to be doing or anything. It, oh, it's so confusing. Oh, yeah, I think the only time that we went on it, we were sat next to the, the smelliest man in the world. <laughs> There's always a smelly <laughs> man, he, isn't there? Yeah, and he was counting, I thought he was counting money, but do you remember, I don't know what they were called, them pins that you uh, that you used to you used to be able to put them on your bag or whatever. Or, well, they're pins, like aren't they? Like little badges. Yeah. Is that what they're called, pins? He was counting a lot of them. Well, in France they're oh. called pins. Yeah, I don't know what they're called in England. Because like a badge, a badge has got like a safety pin that you thread through your clothes, but a pin has just got a little pin and a back that you stick on it, a bit like an earring. Yeah, he was counting them. No, that's all I remember of the underground. (laughs) It's a smelly man. And when we got on it, it was full. And we had to sit next to him because that was the only space. And then it gradually emptied and we would have still sat next to this person. We were like, shall we move? And then it looks really rude. And no, then, I definitely yeah, moved. I think it's because we, we were northern folk and we're not used to it. <laughs> <laughs> not used to the underground. Well, God, living in the middle of blinking nowhere in France, we're definitely not used to the, the London underground. Yeah. No. I mean I haven't I don't think I've been on it since I got back to England. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe once I've been to London since I got back to England and used like the underground. We went to the um when we went to New York for the honeymoon. It was really hot. Well, I forgot you went there. And but underneath like the you know the um manholes that you have on yeah. the road at the top, they were steaming, like steam was rushing yeah. out because it was so hot in the subway. Oh, it was ridiculous. I was like, why Why is it hotter underground? Um, but well, yeah, apparently there's no air circulation, is there? It was ridiculously hot, though. Yeah. You know, like when you boil a kettle or when, yeah, it was just steaming, stomach coming out so bad. Yeah, it's stifling, isn't it? Yeah. Sounds pleasant. Sorry, we're talking about shit. <laughs> Go yeah, ahead sorry. with your story. Oh, shocker, we're Steve talking about shit. Animals. We never do that. <laughs> yeah. Let's we talk about that, don't we? Mm. Uh, okay, so I'm going to talk about a station now, the Bethnal Green Tube Station. Okay. Have you heard of that one? Yeah. Nope. Well, okay. 50% of the class have. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not much. I just, like, I've heard of it. I've well, I don't know anything about it, apart from it's just a station, you know. Okay, so the following text is mainly taken from Wikipedia. Okay. Construction of the Central Line's eastern extension began in the 1930s, and the tunnels were largely complete at the outbreak of World War II, although the rails were not yet laid. So during the war, it was used as a bomb shelter. When people heard the air raid sirens, they would walk through the darkened streets and make their way down to the underground to wait out the bombings. They often spent the night there. I don't know if you've seen photos of um, 
uh, the undergrounds with all the bunk beds and stuff all set yeah, up all have, around yeah. it. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I think there was obviously not just this particular station, but quite a few stations were used to um, help protect people during the Blitz. On March 3rd, 1943, after a heavy RAF raid on Berlin um, on March 1st, Germany retaliated and the sirens sounded at 8.17pm. People began going down the big black staircase from the street. A woman and her child fell a few stairs before the bottom, which in turn caused the people behind her to fall. But because people were now panicking from a loud, unfamiliar sound that they had heard, they just kept pushing to get down the stairs as quickly oh as possible. God. This is what is known as English as England's worst loss of civilian life during World War II. 173 people, mostly women and children, 27 men, 84 women and 62 children, died from being crushed to death or asphyxiated. The youngest... Oh my God. Yeah, it's horrific. That's awful. So many people. The youngest to die was Carol Geary, who was only five months old at the time. Oh, Oh, baby. 62 others had to be hospitalised. This horrible incident was hushed as it was decided that if news got out that it was caused by panic, that the Germans would continue to bomb, hoping that it would happen again. Wow. But the real reason it was hushed is because the government didn't want people to know that the reason people panicked was because they could hear the anti-aircraft rockets that were being fired from the nearby Victoria Park. So people were panicking by the anti-aircraft rockets that their own government was shooting into the sky. So they weren't even panicking about Germans bombing. There's still a reason to panic. Like, understandable they were panicking. It was an unfamiliar yeah. sound that they'd never heard before because it was a new thing that they were using and nobody had, yeah. you know, given them any warning whatsoever. So, but, of course... But nor should they have given them warning because, God forbid, that would have got out. Mm. So, uh, you know... I guess, I guess. But that's basically what made the people panic. Yeah. The disaster affected everyone involved, those who had survived, those who had helped to rescue people, and of course family members who had lost their loved ones. One survivor's daughter said that her mother had once told her that every night of her life, when she laid down to sleep, she heard the cries and screams of everybody. Oh, I can imagine. The tragedy in the tube left an undeniable print on the station and the people who work there. A very, a very famous story is a man who was working in the station and was getting ready to call to call it a night. The last train had departed and all the staff had gone home apart from him. He secured the station, turned off the lights and went back to his office office to finish off some paperwork. He had not been back in the office a very, for very long before he started hearing children sobbing. At first oh he shrugged God. it off and carried on working. But the crying grew louder and louder. After that, he heard female voices and screams and noises he could not identify. He described the sound as similar to people who were panicking. The sounds lasted for 10 to 15 minutes and he was so frightened. I know. And he was so... Such a long time. (laughs) It is when you're fucking terrified. Um, And he was so frightened that he ran out of the office, rushed to the top of the booking hallway to get away from it. Multiple other workers and users have told a very similar story over the years. 
and I think we can all agree, a place that has seen such horrendous history can only keep an imprint of the past. Yeah. And I think that's what people are hearing. I hope that's what people are hearing, because I, the idea that they're, those poor people, those poor souls are reliving that situation over and over and over oh is... Oh, my God. Awful, isn't it? It's just awful. So I really, really hope it's just like... Oh, oh what's it called? So, yeah. Like, such a big imprint of loss and tragedy that it just kind of stays in the area area. yes yeah there's a proper word for it and i use it all the time and i can't remember what it is now but yeah something energy so yeah how horrible was that yeah that i mean that's harrowing isn't it like that's that's up there like that's up there with some like major life events that we've all heard of like that we lived through isn't it like you know, like Grenfell. Oh, um, yeah. The Manchester bombings mm. or the bombings at the Bathlevan, um, or Yeah, like, they're horrible, horrible, horrible. Apparently there's a plaque and everything at that station, you know, in, in memory of uh, all. Well, yeah, rightly so. Yeah. Okay, so on to the next station, the Farringdon Station. So this mm-hmm. this text was taken from historycollection.com and seeksghostsblogspot.com. Cheery website. <laughs> <laughs> if you think life was tough for the average person during the 18th century, spare a moment's sought for the children of one of London's many workhouses. Made to live yeah. in appalling conditions, children, often orphans, as young as 12, would be sent to work in one of the areas as apprentices, but in reality, as little more than slave labourers. One such little girl was Anne Naylor, who, with her sister, was entrusted to the care of Sarah Metchard and her daughter Sally as apprentices in their hat shop. I say care lightly because the Metyards were complete and utter sociopaths. They derived great pleasure from inflicting pain upon the girls they employed, dishing out beatings like they were going out of fashion. Yet dishing out considerably less often the one thing that girls really needed, food. Young, Bless him. I know. Young Anne was a sickly child, and her ab- inability to keep up with the demands of her work singled her out for particularly, particularly nasty abuse. Eventually, this became too much, and Anne tried to escape. Bless her. But she was soon apprehended by a boy who worked there and brought and brought back to face Metyard's rage. Traitor. Mm. Mm-hmm. But you see, he would have been frightened as well. Yeah. He would have been frightened if he didn't do what he was told that he was going to get a beating, so... Yeah, he probably got told, find her or we'll beat you up. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Anne was beaten and um, taken to the attic where she was given just enough bread and water to survive. Again, she tried to escape and again she was unsuccessful. Sally caught her roaming London streets and after dragging her home, had tied her to the attic door where she was beaten mercilessly. Oh my God. (laughs) So poor, was somebody whispering? It was me. (laughs) For God's sake. I don't know. I'm really on edge tonight. Are you? I'm I'm like, really? They're quite creepy ones we've done. 
I don't know. I don't. It's Becky, a mix of Becky's stories and my stories just like mm. plummeted the atmosphere. And it's just like, oh my God. I think it's because they're so like awful stories. They're not ones we can make light of. But sometimes yeah. we can, but. Sometimes you just the, can't. You just can't, can you? Yeah. Well, it's all very awful. I mean, the panic in a crowd, the minute you're in a crowd, something happens to make the crowd panic and there's a surge. There's nothing much you can do. You either have to run or you do get trampled. And that is a huge fear. Well, it's a fear of everyone, I'm sure. But I spend an unnecessarily uh, long time worrying about things like that happening. Didn't that happen? Didn't that happen very recently at a concert um, in America? Who was it? Mm. Was it a rap? It was a rap singer, uh, wasn't it? Is it Tigers? That is him. I don't know. I don't know what it's called. Oh, Travis Scott. Travis Scott. That was it. Yeah, didn't. And they got trampled to death, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much you can hear from the stage when you're performing, but you could hear on people's videos. You could hear people going, "Help us! We can't breathe. We can't breathe." It was awful. My God. Really? There was a there was a, a a young a young kid that died there as well. I think only about nine. Oh my God. That's horrible. It's horrible. Isn't Lots it? of people died as well. So, how did that happen? Did they just push too many people in the concert? There's a crowd surge, and they get pushed to pushed to the front. And I think it was over capacity as well. I think because there's a lot of like legal things happening. Yeah. As to why why it happened, so to me that would suggest that there was it was over capacity. Yeah. Things like it's security. His security. And also him, they are, um, they do, it's part of their job as well, is if they can see that there's something wrong with the crowd and also it's for security to say to him, like, you need to stop for a second because there's a problem in the yeah. crowd. And then also the performer can say, right, everyone, move this way, move that way, they need to get this person out. And that's what he didn't do. He just ignored it. Yeah. There's been issues at his concerts previously as well. Mm. Terrible. Horrible. So let's get back to little Anne. Bless her. Yeah. She's been put in the attic and she has been beaten, beaten without mercy. I remember I couldn't say mercilessly. On the fourth day of, of Anne's sadistic ordeal, one of the apprentices noticed she wasn't moving. Thinking she was faking it, Sarah gave her another beating, this time with a shoe, but still nothing. At some point during her horrible torture, Anne had died. Oh, baby. The Met Yards tried to cover up the murder. They hid the body in her room and, leaving her door slightly ajar, continued bringing bread and water. However, Anne's sister noticed something was amiss and shared her suspicions with a lodger, for which she paid with her life. On learning that Anne's sister had suspicions about her death, the... I think I've spelt their names wrong. Yeah, the Met Yards murdered her too. For fuck's sake. Two months later, with Anne's body going putrid, They disembodied her and dumped her near a sewer on Chick Lane. They would have gotten away with it, but an argument between the two resulted in Sally confessing to the authorities, thinking that she wouldn't get the blame for it. They were both arrested, tried and hanged on July 19th, 17th... Bloody good. 1768. 
I wonder how many other kids had killed though before they got caught. Yeah. Sarah passed out on the way to the gallows at Tyburn, but she was hanged unconscious to the gleeful jeers of the crowd. The judge had said that justice would not be complete unless both of their bodies were dissected after their death. So both bodies were put on display after they were hanged at Tyburn, uh, and their bodies were then dissected at the surgeon's hall. As for Anne Naylor... Her ghost outlived her tormentors, haunting the grounds on which her earthly remains had been dumped, where she, which just so happens to be where the Farringdon station was built. Legend has it that her cries can still be heard by unfortunate commuters taking the underground from Farrington Station. Countless witnesses have heard Anne's screams and they stand as they stand on the platform, several of which have caught the screams on their recorders. That's mad, isn't it? The, and they never found out how or where her sister's... Well, they don't know how they killed her sister or where her body was put. So fucking awful. Mm. Yeah. Just literally, it sends a chill through me. Like, literally. Yeah, it's really, really sad. But it was so weird because it's like I kept finding these stations and they all had these really horrible stories and it's like, well, I'm not bloody surprised they're haunted, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that uh, little Anne Naylor's ghost is actually called the Screaming Spectre of Farringdon Station. Oh, really? But can you imagine how much that would shit you up if you're just, like, waiting for the last train or something? Like, and the last, yeah, for the last train. I don't even know what time the last train is, but... That would be horrible. And you just hear, like, screaming. Because, like, the underground is really... During the day, it's horrendous because it's so busy, but late at night, it's so eerie. Like, when I... I stayed in Paris for, like, six weeks when I was younger, and getting on the metro really, really late at night was just... It was was eerie and a bit freaky. Yeah, I can totally imagine mm. it. Okay, so the last uh, the last one I'm going to do for tonight, obviously I'll do a a part two next week, is Covent Garden tube, sta- tube station. Uh-huh. So this text I've heard was of that one. <laughs> yeah. So this text was taken from Wikipedia and ghostwalkbrighton.co.uk. Mm-hmm. Okay. On the 16th of December 1897, as he was entering the Adelphi Theatre through the stage door in Maiden Lane to prepare for the evening's performance of Secret Service, 50-year-old actor William Terrace was stabbed to death by a deranged and disgruntled actor, Richard Archer Archer Prince. Terrace had helped the struggling younger actor to find work in various productions that he had a hand in. However, Prince had, over the years, increasingly abused alcohol and became mentally unstable. During the run of the Harbour Lights, in which Prince had a minor role, Terrace took offence to something that Prince said about him and had had Prince dismissed. Terrace, however, sent small sums of money to Prince via the Actors Benevolent Fund and continued to try to find him acting work. By the end of 1897, Prince was destitute and desperate for work, but he had become unemployable. On the 13th of December 1897, Prince was forcibly ejected from the foyer of Vaudeville Vaudeville Theatre and he and Terrace were seen to argue the next night in Terrace's dressing room in the Adelphi Theatre. On the day of the murder, Prince asked for money at the funds office but was told that his request could not be considered that day. 
He then apparently crossed the street and waited for Terrace concealed in a doorway near the Adelphi stage door. Prince then sprang from the shadows and stabbed Ferris to death with a dagger he had brought that very afternoon. Mortally wounded, Terrace slumped to the ground. He was carried into the theatre where he died in the arms of his leading lady, Jessie Millard. He Oh my God. He bloody right, no. He no. uttered his final words, I will come back. Oh. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, but is that where they got, I'll be back. <laughs> I'll be back. <laughs> the murder became a sensation in the London press. At the trial, Prince was found guilty but insane and sent to Broadmoor Criminal Lunatic Asylum, where he died in 1937. Oh. His relatively mild sentence was was met with anger by the theatrical community and Sir Henry Iving was later quoted as saying that Terrace was an actor so his murderer will not be executed. You know, kind of like he was just an actor so nobody really cares kind of thing. Yeah. How times change. Yes. Alarmingly, it was not long after the murder that all manner of unexplained things began to occur. Actors began hearing strange tapping noises coming from the dressing room once used by Terrace. The sounds of unexplained footsteps were also heard backstage. Perhaps more disturbing was the fact that from time to time the appearance of strange glowing lights or orb- orbs were seen. Herbs? I don't know what an herb is. I'm sorry about <laughs> that. That's how Americans <laughs> say herbs. Herbs. <laughs> <laughs> It is, isn't it? Herbs. Herb. Yeah. So weird. (laughs) On one particular occasion, these seemed to merge into the appearance of a human form and began floating above the stage area. Don't like it. I don't like it. Don't like it. I don't find orbs scary, though. I do when they form into a human appearance that's just floating above. That would be freaky, Bex. Oh, yeah. I don't don't really like that either. (laughs) (laughs) Don't like it. Don't like it. One of the most recent incidents surrounding Terrace's ghostly legacy was witnessed by a lady visitor to London some years ago. Knowing nothing of Terrace's murder or of the ghostly goings-on, she was surprised to see the elegant figure of a man in old-fashioned clothes pass by her in Maiden Lane. The man appeared to drift rather than walk and bore a glazed and distanced look in his eyes. As he entered the passage, the visitor was startled to see him disappear at the exact spot where Terrace had been struck down. Ba ba ba! Terrace's spirit seemed to be quite mobile, however, as he is also said to haunt Covent Garden Underground Station. He gets about, he does. He does. <laughs> you know, he's not one of those boring ones that just stays in one spot doing the same <laughs> thing over and over again. Good for him. He was a true actor. Yeah. Versatile in every role. Exactly. By all accounts, he was very fond of a bakery, which once stood on the site of the station. Perhaps the thought of a hot mince pie or a muffin still lures the spirit there. I mean, to be fair, I can I can kind of relate to that. Yeah. Yeah, I'd I'd definitely haunt haunt a bakery. Well, it's not a bakery anymore, but it's you know. Well, no, but you know there was one. So any tube station late at night can seem rather foreboding, with its groaning tunnels and echoing passages. Many engineers working on the line have spoken of a shadowy figure in one of the tunnels after the station has been cleared at night. Oh, fuck that. (laughs) 
Echoing footsteps and unexplained banging noises and even the sighs and gasps of a disembodied voice have been heard. A former ticket... Yeah. A former ticket collector spoke of several encounters with the station spectre. One night, on making his final check that the platforms were deserted, he suddenly became aware of a tall, distinguished-looking man walking around the westbound subway. The man then began climbing the emergency spiral stairs. This prompted the ticket collector to telephone the clerk upstairs in order to inform him that someone was on their way up. The ticket collector then took the lift, only to be met by a rather confused-looking clerk, as no one had emerged from the stairs. A few days later, the spectre was to make yet another dramatic appearance. While having a meal around midnight in the staff room, the same ticket collector heard the door open. At first he paid little attention, thinking it was probably another member of staff coming in to take a break. However, as he turned around, he found himself face to face with the same tall, distinguished-looking man in a grey suit. High-collar shirt and white gloves. Thinking he may have been a passenger who had lost his way, he asked the fellow what he wanted, but received no reply. The man merely stood, staring in at him, before simply fading away. That's too much. It is a bit. Yeah, that'd freak me out. I'm not. I'm not there for that. Like, piss off. Go and eat your pastry. <laughs> leave me alone. Uh, apparently, quite a few people that have worked on this um, tube station have have asked to be uh, transferred to somewhere else because they just can't do. It. I'm not surprised. Yeah, they can't deal with it. There's only so much polo- like this malarkey you can put up with, isn't it? Yeah. Imagine that, just be like, oh, hi, can I help you? And then they don't say anything, and you're like, oh, that's rude. And then they disappear. Mm. And then you poo <laughs> your pants. Yeah. Yeah. The subway specter seemed particularly active at this time, as his next appearance was but four days later. Station employees in the staff room were suddenly alarmed to hear a loud scream. A young porter then burst in from the adjoining room, his eyes literally bulging from their sockets. He claimed to have just seen a strange-looking man in the corner of the adjoining room. But when he approached him, a disturbing sensation overcame him. He claimed to have felt an oppressive weight bearing down on him before the man simply faded into nothingness. I like that word, nothingness. Nothingness. Oh, yeah, but... So what he seems to like doing then is just being like walking around, realise that someone can see him and then he's just like, bye. Yeah. Disappear. I'm not here anymore. Yeah, no, please don't. A (laughs) A station foreman had also encountered this awesome presence. Furthermore, on this occasion, he had actually heard a disembodied voice murmuring a name which sounded something like Terry. When later shown a picture of the distinguished thespian William Terrace, he was convinced that that was the man he had seen. And that is part one done. Ooh. Bum, bum, bum. So many ghosts, so little time. Stay tuned for next week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> More from the tube. <laughs> so, yeah. How cool are those stories, though? Yeah. Yeah, well really cool. Very well written. Too. I am planning a trip to London early next year, though. So, day for one. Yeah, enjoy that. Yeah. Don't just don't go down there late at night, and you'll be fine. No, I wouldn't. I know it'll be day thing with the kids anyway, so it'll be fine. Bex, in uh, to be perfectly honest, most of that was copy pasted. Ah, 
there was just too much information for me to put it into all my own words. That's why I gave credit to the the, the sites and stuff I got all the information off. Oh, I forgot to give my, what do you call it? References. References? References, which was, um, I got it from a YouTube channel called Explore With Us. And it's about the YouTuber turned mass murderer, the insane case of Randy Stair, and Wikipedia as well. Good old Wikipedia. Yeah. What would we do with that? I have donated to Wikipedia because I think we're just going to use it so much. Yeah. It's only fair, isn't it? Yeah. I'll get around to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I definitely will. I have done. I have donated before. Yeah. What, like money? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah, they they ask when you go on a wiki page, usually there's a little pop-up that says... Please donate. You can donate to, you know, keep... Well, there you go. And it is, you know... Wikipedia's amazing, isn't it? Where would we be without Wikipedia? Anyway, girls, should we wrap it up? Yeah. Wow. Cool. Anyway, until next time, everyone... Stay safe. Don't kill people. And keep it weird. Bye. Bye. Bye.